0: And did you, was it was it Kreuzinger that you told me you raced with I raced with him and his dad. <laughs> that's damn. not that's that's fucked up. I mean that's <laughs> but yeah. To the Stages podcast with my host, co-host rather, J.B. Hager, talking about the Amstel Gold Race. What a young, like a baby of a race, J.B., you've
1: <laughs> only been around since 66. I know, that's like puts it at, it's been around half as long as some of the classics we've been talking about, if, yeah. if not even less. Right. It's just, it's a baby race.
0: 261, what do I have it at? 261 kilometers. For you Americans, that's like 160 miles.
1: Ooh, long day. Six hours and 40 minutes for the winners. And, and you, you have a love of this race. Yep. I mean, I, it, it's personal to you. It's dear to you, however you want to describe no, it. No, I always... Um, look, my love of, of the Netherlands goes way
0: back I, when I was... Um, not to get all sappy on you people, but uh, when I first went to Europe in late 92 or throughout 93, I had a girlfriend. In Wait, how
1: old were you when you first well, went to Europe? Well, I was
0: 20. When I first got over there, Talking 2021, about, yeah, yeah about a baby. I was, yeah, you know, that's, yeah. that's that's, that's
1: probably got to be scary. You know, long ways from home.
0: You know, didn't know anybody. Anyways, I got a girlfriend in 1994 from uh, from Holland, um, uh, who was also a cyclist, Daniela Overcock, who was this mm-hmm. beautiful girl, and everybody was, you know, everybody wanted to be uh, her boyfriend. So somehow my my dumbass
1: managed to do it, and so was it your Metallica T-shirt?
0: It was uh, <laughs> that or the maiden tea. I don't know which. Uh, she she had never heard of either. But um, no, but it was just uh, enjoyed my time in that country with her and her family, and then later on in my.
1: Oh, so it was kind of serious, like meeting yeah, the family no, and everything. Oh, for sure, stay at the house. The whole yeah, it was. That was your, fir- your maybe f- too serious. Really? Yeah, that was the first one to take you in. Yeah, there, right? but anyways,
0: then when I came back
1: post cancer, it, it was just
0: I think two things. One. Um, uh, it it was, as we talked last week, this race, they've now flipped them, right? So this race was the last spring classic back in my day, whereas now they've flipped it with Liege. So now Liege, Bastogne, Liege will be the last spring classic. So it was a week later back then. And it was really, it was for me in the run up to the tour, it was the first true test. Like that was the thing that we would use to say, okay, are we on, uh, is our springboard into May and June? Are we on track? And look, the race is very, very hard. It's obviously long. Uh, if you saw Lawson Craddock's Strava file from uh, yesterday, you—I mean, twelve thousand vertical feet of climbing. Mm-hmm. Think about that. When your longest climb is a, is one kilometer, maybe one and a half kilometers, and you somehow over the course of the day twelve thousand vertical feet—that yeah. is a shit ton of climbing.
1: We'll get more into Lawson uh, and, and and talking about him just a little bit, but uh, an American who had a, yeah. had, a, had a good race, so I'm anxious to talk about that, and yeah. I know you know him and ride with him a lot, but uh, before we get too much into breaking down what happened um, on Sunday at the race, uh, a little more of your history there. I mean, yeah. Worlds was there. Yep. The 1998 Worlds, and for those of you,
0: most of you probably know this, but the, if you don't, the Worlds uh, changes venues every year, and and um, it might have been back to Holland since then. I don't know, but I did I did the World Championships in 1998, uh, both the time trial and the road race, um, which uh, was in this part of uh, of Holland, and and of course, like any. Most countries or all countries in Europe, they have different regions and different areas. And this is the Limburg region, which is the hilly, lumpy region, which just so you also know, is also very close to Liège, where next week's World Cup will be. Um, So they had the Worlds there. Um, It it was basically 16 laps around the Kauberg, which is the kind of the most iconic, famous climb there. Um, And boy, sure enough, again, long day, 160-mile day. We're, we're, We're sitting on the start line. And we have, you know, 16 laps uh, and the finish is on top of the cowbird. Uh, and sure enough, we're just sitting there on the start line and it starts to rain. So it's like 48 degrees and now it's raining. Uh, and it just, you just see, and I was sitting, I was actually sitting on the start line next to Dylan Casey. And for some reason we were on the front row, we were up you know near the front at least. And uh, he says, uh, he says, oh no, it's, it's starting to rain. And I said, Hey Dylan turn around and he turns around and I said you see all those guys back there he says yeah I said half of them just quit the race (laughs) you were trying to keep his head in the game and your own right and and, I mean you what are you gonna do (laughs) I mean you got we were gonna be six plus six or seven hours out there on a on a hilly technical circuit in the rain I mean what do you, you I mean I guess you could just Go back to the team hotel, but I mean, what? You suck
1: I suck it that up. That makes sense, I guess. If if yeah, if half the people are gonna are checking out because of the conditions, for sure. Cause, it's because they race the re- right. the weekend before. They're gonna r- race again. I mean, this this yeah. I didn't realize until we started covering the spring season just how much racing there is. Mm. I mean, it's a lot. There's a lot. A lot of demand. So crappy day. They're checked out. They're like half the field is a non factor. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so we, you know, we, we, you know, they, they all started, but you just knew that they're the, not the they're first not chance it. they got to, you know, to steer it back to the hotel and the hot shower, they're not it. So. But the, by, speaking of weather, this race—I mean, a lot of times it is contested in bad weather. They had beautiful weather; where yeah. it looked, and and I don't know what the temper, air temperature was, but you didn't see arm warmers, leg warmers, long gloves. It I mean it looked beautiful. The fans on the side of the road looked like they were out on a nice spring day, and so. Man, and, and you know, I should have said at the top of the show. I thought it was super exciting. I thought the, the finale was exciting. There was, it was a lot good. of the coverage was good. A lot of attacks. We had the we had the of course the the mandatory. You know, everybody look at Peter Sagan
1: show. Right, that's <laughs> he gets a lot of TV time, but that's well. And that's I mean, I mean, works. look at him, meaning, oh, all, meaning all his peers. Go, oh yeah yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Peter, do you mind if we just sit here on the wheel? <laughs> right, right. You're the favorite, so just why don't you go ahead and ride us to the finish line?
1: And then we'll try to beat you. Well, He wasn't playing that shit. Which became a determining factor in the two getting away. Everyone watching Peter again. Right. Yeah. And again, before we move too far into that, I just, I did some searching. I knew you had a couple of second place finishes at that race. First loser. That's me. (laughs) In particular, Mm -hmm. 1999 was brutal to watch.
0: I'll give you another little funny inside baseball story that I don't know if I've ever said publicly, but... You know, I get away in ninety nine I get away, uh, gosh, I think it's me it's me, um, Marcus Berg and uh Michael Bogert, a Dutch writer on Rabobank. Actually, I think they, th- at that time they were both on Rabobank. So back in the day, you had the big Dutch team was Robobank. If they didn't win Amstel Gold Race, or and Tour Holland, which is later mm-hmm. in the year. If they don't win Amsoil Gold somebody's race, getting I mean, fired. Somebody's getting fired. Yeah, it is yeah. a huge deal. I didn't. I don't see that dynamic now with the Dutch teams. Although we will get into Sunweb and what happened to Michael Matthews. But um, if they didn't win back then, somebody was getting fired. So I get. I go to the line with these three guys. I'm like, I got this. I got this. And Michael Bogert is like, you know, a, a fucking turtle can beat him in the sprint. <laughs> And so he, sure enough, you know me. I just to hear what I just said. Who's the idiot here? He, he he beat me in the sprint. You know it was close, but I was just sitting there going, "How is this happening?" No, 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 no. This is not happening. But um, sure enough, yeah, he won. And no, in, you
1: say close. If people want to watch it on YouTube, it's. I mean, we're talking a, a tire width, too close.
0: But we <laughs> so we're standing on the. uh, uh. Uh, standing on the podium and you do, do, they do the shot where everybody gets on the top step and you put your arms around, so you, you know, they take the picture and everything. And I, I leaned in and I whispered in his ear and I said, um, you can pay me back in July. <laughs> And he, he looked at me like, like, you gave like no, like like, you, no like, no, like, what what are you talking about? July? What are you, what are you going to do in July? Cause nobody, <laughs> this is my, of my first year, full year back. Mm-hmm. He's like,
1: oh yeah. No what, one what, was what, even it, thinking yeah, about what's you. He, for what's job. he talking about July? And I'm like, <laughs> you'll see. No one knew at that point, but that's what you were aiming yeah, for. We've talked about it since. I was like, remember, I told you, you can pay me, you can pay me <laughs> that's back. That's a great story. Yeah. That's a great story. In 2001 was another race where you got second if somebody wants to. Eric Decker. Now that I should have, that, you know, that particular episode or or edition, I knew that,
0: I mean, Decker was fast, you know, obviously home race. I I had no chance other than to try to get away, which I I couldn't get away. And then, yeah, he was going to beat me.
1: Okay. Now we'll, we'll talk a little bit about more. We, what we saw in the race. Like I was shocked I guess I've never watched the Amstel Gold. Mm-hmm. Um, the roads are different. I mean, just clearly night and day different from right. anything else you watch. Right. Very narrow, very clean looking, but a lot, of, a lot of turns. It's like it looks like a, a golf cart path yeah, at guys times. Guys
0: hate a lot of guys hate this race because there there are so many turns, and riding over the course of six hour, six and a half hour a day, when you're turning that much, and of course you know when you turn like that. The next thing that's coming after the turn is a hill or what they call Mm -hmm. a berg. So Mm -hmm. they have 35 of these bergs. It's funny, like I pulled up the, as I was watching it, I had the, like the official, like turn by turn thing with all the Ks. So they have all the bergs the Kalberg, the Kahilmaberg, the Kuttenberg, the Fromberg, the Iserbosberg, the Kreuzeberg, the Guppenberg. I mean, just berg after berg. So you know, when you take those sharp turns on the narrow road, you're going to be staring up, you know, in the face of a berg. Well, and
1: with, and I'm speculating. I don't know. I've mm. it, when you're taking a lot of a lot of turns like that on mm-hmm. a very narrow road, you're not sweeping and keeping up the speed like you do in a lot of other races. You, you are when you're in the front. That's the difference. Okay. You get that. You get that. You you can take that corner. Uh, it just seems the, like you'd have a lot of more braking and accelerating, which would beat again, you down. That's why you want to be first ten. So, so that's,
0: that's that's why you know that's what makes these races so hard. Is guys are full gas just to make the turn, right? Oh, and then you're out of the turn and now you got to start the climb. And if you're and if you're in the back, just keep in mind, you know, if you're in the back half, you are breaking and the first half is sprinting. They're gone. So just, yeah, you can, you, you it's the rubber band effect. Yeah, it is just what does. It. It's, um, it gets a
1: real accordion thing there's going. No,
0: there's no smart way to, to to ride in the back in a race like this. But again, I mean, this is this is why people a lot of guys just don't like the race. If it's wet, it's very dangerous because of those all the tight twisty turns. And you know, the one thing, I, the only thing I will add about the roads is as opposed to what we saw last week, obviously in Roubaix and and even in Flanders, the pavement. Uh, and this, the road surfaces in Holland are, are very nice. So when you see them right I mean, it's it's a smooth surface. There's no, you know, mystery, you know, uh, surprise cracks in the road that, that come up in places like Belgium and, mm-hmm. and France. But um, nonetheless, it, it, it gets hard. Look,
1: all those turns, again, 12,000 vert. Ooh. You, on some of the classics in the cobble sections where it's narrow, you explain the difficulty of support, support mm-hmm. cars. This race looked to me like your team car could be way back there with the narrow roads. and Of course, the combination of narrow roads
0: and that much undulation means that that field is then strung out. The cars can't get around. You can try. You might get around a group or two, mm-hmm. but you're still way, way, way far back. Again, we saw it, like we've said, every week um, during the classic season, you have the people standing on the side of the road with, with the wheels and the bottles because the team car just can't. Can't get there. So you're you're stuck with either using that uh, person on the side of the road that your team is designated to be there or neutral, mm-hmm. right? And so... Uh,
1: and, and then this <laughs> stuck out with me um, as I was watching it. Uh, there was a really bad neutral support change. Yeah. I don't Michael, remember Michael up. Matthews. Horrible. Right. I was watching it, and it was like, it's like, you know, if you watch a car racing, like it's just so fine-tuned and most of bike racing you just see it and it just felt like an eternity well yeah it was because it was an eternity (laughs) actually were you you watching that and cringing at the same time
0: well yeah because you had michael matthews who was two things one was in my opinion one of the top three favorites uh, but more importantly races for a dutch team Mm -hmm. so going back to this thing i talked about you know, from my generation, where it, it is a huge race for these Dutch teams. Sunweb is, is the biggest Dutch team, um, and he's perfectly suited for this race. If anybody can hang in there and and, and come around Peter Sagan, it's Michael Matthews in this race. A home, essentially, he's Australian, but it's essentially a home race for him. Lots of pressure from the team and the sponsors. So he, he you know, has a rear. We don't know if it's a slow leak or, or something. He's waiting, waiting, waiting. You can tell he's trying to get his team car because he knows. He knows what's going to happen mm. when this, this goob on the back of this moto shows up. And, and sure enough, man, he, he, uh, he, he did a couple things wrong too. You know, he didn't have it down. You know, it's always you, when you're going to get a wheel change, a rear wheel change, you always get um, that chain in the very lowest cog so that wheel comes out mm-hmm. as easy as possible. And the guy who replaces the wheel knows exactly where to put it. He, if, you, if you have it three or four up, I mean, mm-hmm. is the guy going to, who's put in, say the guy's great, the mechanic, mm-hmm. whether it's your mechanic or neutral, you think he's going to look at it and go, gosh, that looks like it's three or four up. I'll just put it right here. No, mm-hmm. you put it all the way down in the mm-hmm. 11, mm-hmm. that wheel comes right out and the mechanic puts it right back in. The downside is you have to start in the 11, but right. still,
1: um, the guy but who got off, it was, it was, uh, when you start in an 11, that's where the me- the really good mechanics give you one hell of a push mm-hmm. and they can run really well for about four steps mm-hmm. and this guy just went yeah like barely nudged him I was yeah. watching I go that's like one of the worst wheel changes I've ever seen yeah yeah it 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 um it definitely i th- i think it changed the dynamic
0: of this race I think if he's there with his skill set uh, alongside sagan um yeah, it changes the the certainly changes the ending. I, I'm not saying that that, that Michael Baldwin wouldn't have won, but it would have it would have changed things.
1: All right, I'm, I, I want to ask something that's pretty naive, but um, as I saw the neutral Shimano car, there's wheels. There were a lot of the the wheels on it for neutral support, obviously, but there were also a handful of bikes. Mm-hmm. Do they really? Do they offer neutral a neutral bike? They do. They do. I mean, there are times when, when
0: it isn't your wheel that's broken, it's a, uh, you know, I mean, your damn seat could fall off or I mean, who knows,
1: you know, you gotta, so yeah, they offer bikes I mean, and things have to be pretty bad or you're doing really well to take a neutral bike. Right.
0: Uh, but it happens. It happens. Have you ever taken one? No, I've never taken one. Now. So you have a few choices. One is you, uh, it depends how desperate you are. You, uh, a, a team leader always has, whether it's the classics or the big tours or any race, always has somebody on that, uh, on the squad that day that has a fit very similar to them. And if, and if, and there's always the poor guy that has to have his fit be similar to my fit, right? To whoever's supposed to, to It's like, my bike doesn't really fit. They're like, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it fits Lance perfectly. I but, never knew that. Yeah, so, so so who was it? Who was uh, it? Chechu. So Chechu I would, I would, I would semi- always take Chechu's bike because he's the sweetest guy ever. <laughs> but if I ever needed a bike, so you could take that bike. I didn't you could know. take a bike from the car, um, which is your true spare bike. Right. right that's right, right. that's the best case scenario. Or you could take one from neutral support, which I never had to do. Again, it comes into all these complications. Uh, you're riding speed plays in the, in the neutral bike is Shimano pedals right. or, or time. You know, it's, it's just all different. Like how do you, the seat height, the reach, the extension, the, the whole thing, you know, in our day, you know, assuming the pedals worked, you'd get on and they had a quick release instead mm-hmm. of a bolt for the seat. So you'd sit there and try to get the seat height. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I suspect now, and if they don't, they should, because this makes perfect sense. Those should be hydraulic where you're, as you're riding along, you can just fine tune the seat height. But yeah, that, that, you know you know look nobody's ever there's no images of anybody crossing the finish line on a neutral support bike it just doesn't nobody wants (laughs) to be on that thing no i just i didn't even know it was a thing yeah i mean Um, normally if they have to ride them they'll ride them for as long as they have to and then get that team car up
1: there and then switch to their spare bike yeah why in your opinion why isn't team sky representing like the powerhouse team that we all have seen for the last several years. It's a
0: great question. I, I think, look, I think there's the obvious. I think there's everything that's hanging over, uh, team sky, Dave Brailsford, Chris Froome. Um, we've talked a lot about this. We did a whole episode on it. I mean, they can talk all they want to talk about how they're moving forward. I don't know who would ever say such a thing. Um, <laughs> and that they're focused and this is not a distraction, but it, it, I mean the fact that Michael Kwiatkowski is not in the front that front group with I mean look at the names that are in that front group great riders but uh, on any normal day he's there with one leg and yeah. so something's going on I, I don't you know I, I have to think it's it's pretty distracting they're
1: just distracted is your guess I yeah, mean, yeah I mean
0: yeah yeah, yeah I mean uh, uh, there could be other, there'll be others that would say that there's something way more sinister at play here right mm-hmm. so oh. You know, now they clamp down on them. They're testing them more, et cetera, et cetera. Now look at them. Look at where uh, they're not at the, the – Or, I, or I, if I, and For the record, I don't subscribe to that. Right. I, I think it has more to do with just the external noise and pressure. and the. I mean, these guys, even at – Chris Froome is 3,000 miles away probably. These guys get out of the team bus. They're here for a major classic. I guarantee you the first question for most of those guys is, you know, is a Chris Froome question and asthma. I mean, it's just the gets media old. beat down. Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. Uh Lawson Craddock. Mm. You, ride of the day. He, I'm biased, but that was the ride of the day. I was. The, I was, the feed came on and that was the man, first face I saw. And I was like, wow. I know. I was like, holy shit. Lawson's in the break. And you see Lawson a lot. He lives yeah, here. He lives here in Austin, Austin Texas. Texas. Great.
0: Grew up in Houston, moved to Austin. Um, we ride together a lot. Um, he has been through a lot, I think to me. And I say, when I say ride of the day, I mean, ride of the day, because not just because he was in the break and still finished top 10, but if you go back 12 months, even more than 12 months, you know, we really rode not this off season, but the off season before we rode a lot together. And I, and I didn't, you know, I just like go out like, all right, well, what are we doing? Like, I didn't, I don't get to say, right. I'm like an old retired guy. Mm -hmm. I have to ask the pros like, okay, what is on your schedule today? Mm -hmm. And he would say, you know, one day we did six hours, 120 miles, and he had three, he said, I have some intervals. I said, okay, well, what do you got? And he says, I have three 75-minute intervals at some ridiculous wattage. I said, w- what? I said, you're going to do three hours and 45 minutes of intervals? I said, I'll, be, I'll just sit on the wheel. So I sat on his wheel the entire day. I just rode behind him. Mm-hmm. and I, But I'm sitting there going, "What? It's, no, it's November. What? Three hours and 45 minutes of intervals? In November, and then going to the gym in the evening, I'm like, "The fuck is going on here?" Mm-hmm. And you know, he, he was following a program that just buried him, and just it 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 it, it actually ruined. But well, did two things: one, it ruined his entire season, and, and potentially could have ruined uh, his career. And and he had a very tough time. And and just in texting with him before we went on uh, hit record here, you know, he said a year ago I was sitting at home, not not uh, not sure that I would ever even race again. I would ever even, and if I did race, I would never see the front of a bike race. So to see him in the break and, and well, just to go back, he he went back to coach Jim Miller, who I think has really got him back on track, obviously. Um, But to see him at the front of a big race was, I I was sipping my coffee. I was like, holy, yeah, here we go. No, he looked good. Yeah. Well, he did. It was interesting. Like he, that's why I think he was, you know, ride of the day because he was in that group, which by the way, that, that breakaway went, went, clear 20 minutes into the race. So what is 20 minutes on a bike race? I mean, it's, it's, you know, 10 kilometers. So they were out there. He was out there for 250 mm-hmm. kilometers in that break, you know, w- which is pretty impressive. Also too, pretty stress-free, right? No mm-hmm. fighting for any corners
1: when mm-hmm. you're with nine guys. or Nine however. guys working really well together. Yep. Yeah. But
0: he was getting dropped. Like there was the one, I forget the name. What's that really steep climb? The, the Kuttenberg's 22% at the steepest part. He's dropped. He's, he is, guy number nine, eight of them are up the road, and I was like, oh, no, you know, nice try, Lawson. Well, he was—he got back to them, and he was the longest-lasting survivor of that group to still finish top ten. I mean, it was – that then is not a physical issue. That's a mental issue, and he showed that that he's a tough kid.
1: Yeah, I just remember we had some conversation about mm-hmm. it last July. His name came up, and you were going on about how his program was just – Burying him, and you saw it. It was mm-hmm. that he was getting ruined as a cyclist. Yeah, and well, he let he let Jonathan Vodders run the training, and
0: and I get that Jonathan Vodders is the boss, and so if the boss says you have to do this training, I mean, mm-hmm. but at some point too, the athlete has to say, I, I don't think that's a good idea, or I'm not feeling good. And and, and Lawson's, a, he, he's a sweet kid, so mm-hmm. he's not he's not the kind of kid that's going to be like, this is bullshit, I'm not doing this anymore, or I'm going to do my own program. He followed it and when he followed it, 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 it ruined his season. And so I, it, it didn't, you know, I'm glad he's, you know, he's righted the ship and feeling better and Jim Miller's got him fit and fast again. He sent me some of his check this out. He sent me his, uh, his power file. No, he didn't send me his power file. He's like, do you want the power file? I said, Lawson. I couldn't read a power file to save my life right now, so just just give me the highlights. Like just send right, me. Right, right. And the other thing too, he did do as well is he put his race up on Strava, which mm-hmm. I thought was really cool. So that's how I know that, that it was twelve thousand vertical feet of climbing. So if any y'all y'all are on Strava, go go give Lawson Craddock some kudos because he deserves it. But um, sixteen. Well, let me back six thousand nine hundred kilojoules, which is essentially calories. Mm-hmm. That's the amount of energy it took him to do that race. That's that 7,000 kilojoules is, is nuts. Um, by the way, he's 71 kilos, so I don't know what that works out to be. But uh, average power for six hours and 40 minutes, 290 watts.
1: Wow.
0: Normalized, which means they take out the highest of the highs and they take out when you're coasting, which is zero, um, which is really kind of your true power, 330 watts for six hours and 40 minutes. The last 20 minutes normalized. All right. So, in the last 20 minutes, you've ridden six and you know, you've ridden 150 miles, 390 watts
1: normalized. Wow. What's, what's next on the season? What's left in this season for Lawson Craddock? I, I mean, you know, I, mean, you don't know I what didn't ask are him that. Be. I don't have it in my notes and I didn't ask I mean, him. He'll, he'll what, what, probably, would you, what would you, would if that was I, you. you? know
0: he's going to do, he'll race the edge, best only edge. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if he'll go race Flesh Malone, which is this week which is a semi-classic in the middle of the week, but I suspect he'll shit, especially after that ride, he should be riding ledge. But in
1: general, if his form's coming back, like, what would you say? Oh, no, Lossing, he, wants,
0: he only wants to do one bike race this year. Only one. He did the Tour de France two years ago mm-hmm. and obviously didn't do it last year. He, he wants to... That's where he the, needs that, to be. Yes. That's, that's what that he's was, working
1: towards. That's what
0: every, every, <laughs> every person of the sport wants to do. Like, nobody's like, nah, I don't
1: want to do the Tour de France. No, nobody says is he, that. Is he on a team that will for sure be in the tour? Yeah, yeah, invited. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, they're right. right. Now let's break down the the, the finish. allgren mm. that was exciting. He's and, yeah. and the cameras are always Smart. and eyes are he, on Peter Sagan.
0: So he, yeah, of course. You know, every every everybody in that front group was looking to Peter to do the work. By the way, if he could have pulled off a victory, I mean, to win Roubaix and then bounce back and win Amstel, that is unbelievably difficult to do and shows the versatility of Peter Sagan. And, look, if things go a little different, he easily could have won that race. If he has a teammate, an old friend, somebody just to keep that tempo high enough so that they all stay together. But on the flip side, Astana had two guys there. So you Uh had Jacob Fugelsong and Michael Wahlgren. Fugelsong keeping... You saw at one point with 5K to go... Uh, Fuglesong was riding tempo on the front, and Valgren was just sitting on the back. Alpha, uh, this kid, this French kid, Alphaville uh, goes from Quickstep goes back and yelling at him, "Get up here, pull!" You know, et cetera, because he he knew what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. He went once, they brought him back, but then then he went again. That kid has a nose for for bike races. I mean, this is his second classic win this spring, and um, you know he's super versatile. He can win two classics in the spring. He can go to the tour like he did last tour and be Um, the top domestique for somebody trying to compete for the yellow jersey. You'll remember what he, remember he got in all all the trouble last summer for...
1: You'll have to remind everybody that. Yeah, so uh, you guys, for
0: for those of you who don't remember, so Fabio Aru, you know, this was just, he never had good position, but he was in the yellow jersey. Sure enough, uh, steep uphill finish during the tour last summer. he, He gets out of position again, and the gaps start opening up, and he loses the jersey. So the NBC Sports interviews Volgren at the finish line, and what happened? What happened? Was he not communicating? What have you, you know, why, why was he not in position? Walgreens said, I don't know. And, and Volgren says to the NBC guy, he says, oh, so who has the jersey? And the guy says, Chris Froome. And he goes, oh, good.
1: <laughs> I <talk> <laughs>
0: and I mean, the team's like, wait, what? You're not supposed to say that. But, what he, but I know what he, I, when he said it, I knew what he meant. He meant like, good, let them have the jersey yeah. so they can control the race. A lot of teams... Don't want that so you don't want that if you're trying to win in Perry you let them have the jersey Shit, <laughs> you go ride around on the front. that's why it's better some goofy small team have it.
1: I had forgotten. just about let it. them ride around for two weeks as we again it's fun to talk about Sagan so I don't want to be just cliche and just keep bringing up Sagan. I want to be first with the big burst of the Becro but everybody is when, the, when they went mm-hmm. everybody's watching Sagan's wheel it was up to him, hey you're the world champion you won Roubaix. you chase this down. Mm-hmm. In your mind, is Sagan like, "Hey, I've already got a robe win under my belt. You need this more Dude, than I do." There, there's nothing. He, he's not. I've never. I don't know Peter Sagan, but I don't. I, I, he's
0: not stupid. I mean, he's, he just. At some point, you just have to say, "Look, I. There's nothing I can do. Yeah. Right. This is inevitable, and and. You know, he'll 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 wait. He'll have other chances to. But
1: the the Sagan dynamic and and his form right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, does. It, Tactically, is did that did Volgren maybe use that to his advantage? Everyone's watching Sagan and watching Sagan in this break. Here's where I'm doing my attack. Of course, and if Sagan doesn't chase, I this is my gap. And he had a teammate, right? I mean, the,
0: that was that right. was why he was able to do what he did, and and he got a little lucky. I will also say, in the last 400 meters, when Roman Kreuziger. Came, you know, got nervous because Gasparotto was about to catch them. By the way, Kreuziger has won this race once before and Gasparotto has won it twice. He looks back, sees Gasparotto fast, you know, quickly approaching. So he goes around, um, Walgren. And I mean, that was the kiss of death. And Walgren's yeah. like, okay, thanks. Thanks for the lead out. And yeah. just, I mean, easily won. And did was it, was it Kreuziger that you told me you raced with? I raced with him and his dad. That's not, that's, that's fucked up. I mean, that's, but yeah. When, but when I, ra- to, to my, defense when I raised How raced with, old was dad when, dad, so you were just a kid. I was, so yeah, that's what happens, right? So I was very, very young and his dad was probably old. Mm-hmm. And then when I, when I raced with the son, he was very, very
1: young and I was old. Right. So it just, you know, it just. That's just bizarre. Yeah. It doesn't seem mathematically possible. But, but it is. There <laughs> it were actually is.
0: two or three. I think um, Mauro Giannetti I raced with, and I also raced with his son. And there was one other. I forget who. But that, that was as those years, 09 and 2010. I was like, what am I doing? I'm racing with guys that I raced with their dad. Like, why? <laughs> what the fuck am I
1: doing here? It's <laughs> just funny. It's just, No, yeah, <laughs> right. It's funny now. It's very funny. It wasn't funny then. All right. Any final thoughts on what we saw over Amstel Gold? That was a awesome race. I enjoyed yeah. it. And what's next for us? Well, I don't know. if I don't think we're covering. Look, check it. I was in. um
0: I don't know. What were we doing? I think I was like inventorying art. That sounds really lame. But I was like digging through my storage unit the other day. And I came across. There's all kinds of crazy old. Trophies and shit in there. Like there's all these tour things, and someone we brought over here, but this is the Kmart Classic from West Virginia, 94. Uh,
1: that Kmart Yes,
0: the overall. And I think I have a couple stage win trophies from the Kmart Classic. And then I came across. Oh boy. 1996 Flesh alone which I won. Um, but this is what, I don't know what it looks like now, but this, it's even still, it's like all dirty and dusty and gross. But yeah, so you've got uh, what does that say? Winner says Venker, and then down here, uh, 1996 Flachvallon. Wow! So that's our next classic, semi-classic, right? So you have those mid-week classics that are not 260 kilometers, but 200 kilometers. But flesh is a is an iconic, you know, an
1: iconic one-day and if race. And you have one of these, apparently, underneath your podcast desk is the place to keep it.
0: No, I have it or it's on the side. I don't know. I brought, we brought it.
1: I was going to clean it up and put it on the shelf with all the other stuff up here. But, um, you know, and then I was thinking the shelf needs to rotate some do, okay. stuff in and out.
0: Oh, all right. Well, we'll get on that. Um, I don't have anything to do today. <laughs> I'll do that. So that's this this week. And then next weekend is Liege, Buston-Liege, a there race that, Uh very similar to, to Amstel Gold Race, but probably, I don't want to say harder, but the climbs are are harder and longer. Um, weather can be a factor, but, uh, and, and also just personally, a race that I always really, really wanted to win yeah. and, and just another race. I, I was second in a time or two and it just, I just never, it it was always the one where it was logical that I would rent win, win that race. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, that man is perfectly suited for me. It's, it's, you could do, you could replicate liege Beston liege in Austin, Texas. So for, for a guy living here, you could train for it. You could. You could, you know, do specific training for it. And so, but I never, I just always missed out. One year my seat broke and then another year, I don't know. It just didn't have it, man. All right. Yeah. There you go. That's right up there with Vaughn too. Like regret, like things I really wanted oh. to win. Like oh, I just gotcha. didn't. And it did, but it, that one didn't happen. No. And it's not ever going to happen. It's
1: not. No. <laughs> no. Past yeah. your prime. Yeah. And then so, that's it.
0: it. <laughs> and, you know, then that's interesting. We have one more week of this. And it seems the Spring Classics, Milan-San Remo felt like it was yesterday. I know. It so in a week, quickly. it's all over. And now we immediately get into Tour of Rome, indeed, Tour of Italy. And then next thing you know, we'll be talking about guys riding around France. So that's it for me, man. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.